there is real no really no purpose in life without the Lord Jesus Christ the Son of God uh, the Savior of the world the light of the world and by the way pardon me NASA has some new proof that we really are Uh, the only ones in the universe and so they are I guess trying to put to rest all of the talk about aliens and I do believe that there are aliens but not like the news and the um, uh, movies depict them. I believe that they're demonic spirits. You must understand that the devil always tries to hide and camouflage. He can turn himself into an angel of light and look very beautiful and very holy. And uh, so I believe they're demons uh, these aliens so-called are demons. That's what I believe. Have you noticed that no one has ever produced a so-called alien? Spielberg is the closest, but that was a fictional movie. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family life and evangelistic service family members my beloved this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 677, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint and I did not think I was going to like the chronological Bible I'm from the old King James Version school and we don't like change
but I, I like it. I like it. And we're not even doing it right. We are not reading it according to schedule, but we're following the pattern. This unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, we are having some camera problems and so the the hearing is better for some reason. You should hear me loud and clear. Uh, uh, a gentleman uh, in Nigeria uh, told us that it is very loud and so you can hear us very well and that's the most important thing uh, but the the camera quality is not the same and however it is a miracle it is doing as well as it is and that's a fact and I think uh, my son Daniel Ezekiel for fixing it to so that we can continue to preach the Word of God uh, so that the whole world can see on multiple platforms and we thank God for that uh, and uh, Anyway, today, my beloved, we are reading Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. So, when I read the Bible, I may turn slightly to my right, and because uh, I, uh, I cannot quote uh, 10 verses. I wish I could. Uh, I don't know if Dr. Jack Van Impey is still living or not. I believe, I believe he's going on to heaven. Uh, but he could quote large portions of the Bible. He had a photographic memory. And there are a few others like that. Uh, I have always told people, uh, even if you don't have a memory like that, uh, you need to know what the Word of God says by reading the Word of God regularly. And by uh, uh, meditating on it. And you may not be able to quote exactly where everything is. You may not have that gift, that ability. Uh, but there are some verses you ought to memorize. I believe uh, that you ought to not, not memorize, but hide in your heart. I've always used that terminology from the Bible. Hide it in your heart. Memor memorizing is more of a human term. Hide it in your heart. Where you may not be able to quote it exactly, you may not even be able to remember the chapter and verse, but you know what it says. See, that's what, that's what I have focused on. And you know the principle, the principle behind it. And what God wants you to do with it. That's, that's, that's where I want you to live. 
where and then if you need it you know where it's at about where you know the book god bless you god bless your heart you know the book you know where the book is i mean what book is in and you know about where it is because you've read it in your bible so many times and uh, thank God also for Google. I said thank God for Google. Because all you got to do is just get a little piece of it. And uh, uh, all you have to do is get a little piece of it. And, uh, uh, and type it in and you can find the whole verse. Let's see. So, uh, shall we pray as we begin to read in your hearing together Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 1 through 10. Testing, testing, 1, 2, 3. Good. Okay, make sure that you do not yank on that. And you need to you need to have this one open on this. Because if you yank on this, it's going to cause it to go up. <coughs> Holy Father God, as it was last night, it is today, it is a joy and a, a blessing to be here before you. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you for your grace, your mercy and your love. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions, the many, and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Down through the years, and Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon me and thus my family down through the years. I thank you for your favor and your blessings. And uh, Holy Father God, on this beautiful Sunday that you have made, thank you Lord for the hot weather, thank you for the uh, cold weather, thank you for the weather in between, 
And uh, thank you even, Lord, for the bad weather, for it all has its purpose from you. And help people to understand that the problem is not climate change. The problem is we need to change as your people because you created this earth and you created the climate and you have used it down through the years to show your displeasure with us and to remind us that you're still here and uh, uh, that you're the transcendent God who does not play when it comes down to human sin uh, and the violations of your law your universal laws and we in the church have messed up badly and no doubt we're the worst Laodicean church in the history of the world and Lord as you have led me to point out I knew that there was a falling way taking place I always understood it to be a gradual thing I just didn't know everybody was going to fall away at the same time and so, Holy Father God, have mercy and grace, Lord, upon each and every one of us who name the name of Christ here uh, in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. Uh, for Jesus Christ's sake, have mercy and grace upon us, and forgive us of our wicked, evil, and ungodly violations of your law violations of your holy word Lord for Jesus Christ's sake as Christian people in my family in this audience in this country and around the globe and Lord have your Holy Ghost to move upon the heart of every saved person and uh, not give them rest of conviction until they truly confess their sins and repent of their sins crush and crucify our wicked, evil, and ungodly flesh within us. Lord, and empty us of ourselves and fill us, Lord, afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you today. For those of us who are saved and born again by your grace, deliver us, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin. And grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. Lord, help Christian couples, husbands and wives, to do what your Holy Word says in Ephesians chapter 5 and that is for the wife to submit to her husband subject herself to her husband honor and respect her husband and that the husband love his wife with your kind of love not this sweet syrupy saccharine evangelical uh, made-up foolishness that has destroyed marriages, that has destroyed children, 
down through the years. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, cast out the devil and the demons of hell in the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Lord, uh, out of my own wife today and other people in my family, uh, and Lord, I pray that you will open their blinded eyes and help them to humble themselves and help them to see the need to get saved out of religion and from hell. I do pray that you will, Lord, have your Holy Ghost to not give them rest until of conviction until they come to know your Savior in this country not only in my family, but in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. And Holy Father God, bless uh, Dr. Israel uh, Bello. And Lord, we pray that you'll bless him and use him mightily to win uh, souls for Christ. I also pray, Lord, that you would uh, deliver those of us who are saved from temptation, evil, and sin uh, throughout this day at every provocation by the devil and others, including family, friends, and foes. And Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we will resist evil and that we will be delivered from evil uh, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. And Lord, I do pray that you will help those of us who are saved to humble ourselves as well, to pray, to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and help us to not continue to go down that road of wickedness, darkness, sin, and wokeness. And uh, deliver us, Lord, from uh, not only, Lord, help us uh, to turn from our wicked ways, but help us to repent of our wicked ways and get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray uh, for, yes, again, the salvation of my wife and her mother and her aunts and her siblings, and cast the devil and the demons of hell out of them, uh, as even my family is a source of persecution. I know that is not popular among sweet evangelicals and sweet uh, other mainline Christians today uh, because we, so many of them, foolishly believe contrary to what you said with your own mouth. Uh, they believe that your family ought to be wonderful and, and uh, dandy all of the time and supportive of you if you are blessed of the Lord, when in reality 
they will be against you when you're blessed of the Lord and used by the Lord. Not only my wife's family, but my own family. Uh, amazingly, when I truly got saved out of their false religion, uh, they, from that point on, uh, turned against me. Did not want to even entertain what I was trying to tell them about getting saved out of religion. And I do thank you, Lord, that one or two did get saved. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. But they have never been supportive of uh, their family member preaching the gospel around the world, other than my dad. My dad, who got saved through the preaching of Billy Graham, uh, he was he was 100% behind his son preaching the gospel all around the world. And he was so proud and he even called me the Apostle Paul. And, uh, and so uh, that's just another uh, evidence of him being saved. He was not envious of his son uh, like uh, my mother has been. He was not in competition with his son like my mother has been, uh, but uh, has been, was just thrilled to get the postcards from Germany and from France and from London and uh, from Africa, uh, Ghana and other places that you have blessed me to preach in Japan and uh, South Korea, the Philippines, all around the world. And, uh, and he was just so happy because he never thought, and I never thought either, because I hated him as a preacher, and I hated all other preachers, and I cursed and swore, as you know, Lord, that I would never preach. And um, and so he, it was amazing to him that I was so excited about preaching the gospel, and and because uh, uh, it was just unbelievable. And so I give you the glory, praise, and honor, at least for my dad, who was so thrilled to hear about my preaching around the world. And, uh, but he was the only one. And my little brother, uh, he, he was excited about it too, at one point. And so, Holy Father God, I give you all of the glory, praise, and honor. And I wear it as a badge of honor that my own family has turned against me and are trying the older women in the church because of how I preach the women in the family are trying to turn my wonderful seven children against me and I pray that they will continue to see uh, the foolishness of that and, uh, and, and continue to stand uh, with their father in the ministry as they have all of their lives. And I thank you, Lord, for precious memories. And, uh, and Lord, I do know that some people think we ought to handle this behind the scenes. That's the problem. Uh, demonic, satanic, ugly stuff. Uh, and the devil wants us to try to, wants me to try to hide it. As so many Christians 
so-called, so many evangelicals have done for years. And then we hear about it later on when everything is blown up and busted up. And so uh, the devil and his demons love to do things in a corner. This is why Dr. Luke told Theophilus this was not done in a corner. Everybody knows about what Jesus Christ has done. And uh, there are some things that can be handled in private, but when uh, they want to uh, go for the juggler vein, when these devilish people, even in my family, and in my wife's family, want to go for the juggler vein and mess with my children that I raised by myself for your glory, praise, and honor. And they have been tremendously successful because of how I raised them. And the truth of the matter is, by them helping me in the ministry, they've done more in before they were 20 than most people have done before they were 80. And uh, even before 32 years old, uh, 30 years old, they have been greatly successful and have written many books. And, uh, and they're grown people who have not done the same. And so I give you the glory, praise, and honor. And I pray as I have told them, I told them last night, do not get caught up in family mess and foolishness and go on with their lives. I raise them to be leaders, not followers of woke devils in the family and outside of the family. And yes, we can still love them, these woke devils, but not follow them and not connect with them. Uh, because they're lost and they're full of hell and the devil and evil communications corrupt good manners. And I believe that my oldest daughter, Danny, because of these people, family and outside of the family, in the church, my oldest daughter, Danny, is in danger of being murdered and I am in danger of being murdered as I pointed out to them last night. And so... Uh, I pray that you will give us special protection uh, for their devilish people who hate my preaching in my family, on my wife's side of the family especially, and their devilish people that are in my daughter's former church. Uh, uh, she may still be a member there, I don't know, but she does not attend, uh, uh, who hate my preaching. Because it is against the woke foolishness that has destroyed this country. It is against uh, women leading their husbands and leading the church. It is against Black Lives Matter and their foolishness. It is against the uh, demonic homosexuality and all of the demonic things that have come from it. Transgenderism homosexual marriage, teachers, homosexual teachers and lesbian teachers teaching our children, reading books to our children in drag and other such demonic uh, foolishness and it's going to get worse. So Holy Father God, I pray uh, and I thank you for leading me not to try to cover it up, not to try to hide it. This is war, and my families are betrayed. My family members on my wife's side and on my side are betrayers of you. <coughs> they are betrayers of your holy word. 
because and 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 most of them are lost. So Lord, I uh, thank you for leading me to be very transparent and open and honest about this. Nobody wants family mess out in the street, but if you're going to bring it uh, behind the scenes and bring it up against me and my children, uh, then we're going to bring it out into the open uh, because and, and it's going to stay in the open uh, until uh, uh, your will be done. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts. Lord, from the minds of all people uh, who are uh, related to me and friends in the community as well, uh, who will join up with my family against me as I preach your holy word. And not only them, but thousands of evangelical Christians are angry with me uh, because I did not uh, roll with them, evangelical, Baptist, Christian, uh, Methodist, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, they are the enemy too. Most of them uh, who have forsaken you and who have betrayed you even more than my own family and uh, have taken the money and now uh, uh, they don't say anything against the demonic evil that is going on in this country. And so, Holy Father God, uh, even messing with our sites, messing with our email systems and uh, other things that we have going on. So, Lord, I pray that you will protect me, protect my children, especially my daughter, Danny, protect, uh, but they, because they really thought that they could get to me through her. I do love her, but I, 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 you have wired me not to be uh, connected like that to anybody uh, uh, to influence me to stop preaching your holy word. They don't understand it. The more they persecute me and try to use my children against me, the more I'm going to preach against it because I know it's nothing but the devil behind them <clears throat> and the demons of hell designed to stop me from preaching as my wife's family are the main ones who have uh, expressed with their mouths and mocking the fact that I preach your holy gospel and your holy word every day. I haven't heard that too much from my mother and sisters, but they probably feel the same way. Uh, not because I mention them from time to time. Uh, this is a demonic spirit uh, that uh, they hate the fact that what I'm preaching against that is destroying the church and destroying the family, uh, destroying the church, destroying the family, and destroying this country. And this country, as you know now, Lord, as you have shared with me before, and I have pointed out to the people, is facing the abyss, is facing destruction, complete destruction. And so I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that, Lord, you would, uh, even though 
Holy Father God, you have given me the grace and the strength and the ability to uh, glory in my persecutions, my tribulations, my troubles, my trials, and my temptations and tensions. Uh, to not only glory in them, to take pleasure in them, to be cheerful in them, and uh, uh, to be happy in them, and uh, to see them, uh, to be able to see them afar off and not be moved by them. At the same time, Holy Father God, uh, anything that you can lift off of my shoulders. Uh, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm going to still pray, even though you may not remove some things, uh, as you did with Paul, I still feel at liberty to ask you, Lord, please lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties from our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits and fears, and fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. I also pray that you deliver me, Lord, from all of my distress and afflictions. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you deliver me and everybody who is saved in my family and who is born again and who is still supportive and helpful to me. Lord, deliver us from all tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, intentions, persecutions, problems, and issues. Uh, Holy Father God, my life would be easier, of course, if I didn't have these things. And my life would be easier if I, I had the support of my family. Uh, but, uh, Lord, that's okay. I am not going to stop preaching your Holy Word, the whole counsel of God. And I'm certainly not going to stop preaching your Holy Gospel. And I'm certainly not going to stop preaching the, full, uh, your, the whole counsel of God. And so, Lord, I do thank you for that. I thank you for wiring my heart to be that way. And I thank you for uh, preparing me for this day. Uh, uh, I never really thought that I would get this kind of severe satanic attack from my own family members and so-called friends. But Lord, you prepared me for it way back when my son Daniel White the Fourth, when he had a pure heart, uh, helped me to put together a series about how that the family will become your worst enemy, and I shall never forget that series. And uh, no matter how evil uh, my son uh, was and is, Daniel White the Fourth. He never messed with the word. He never tried to slant the preaching of the word and preparation of the word in helping me 
uh, towards uh, watering it down, even if it convicted him. For some reason, he did not do that. My son Daniel Ezekiel is the same way. They know what you want said from your word, and they know how I preach and how I want to preach it. And they never tried to water it down, and I thank you so much, so much for that. They both have done excellent in helping me to prepare all of these sermons for thousands of messages, thousands of days. And all three of us, by your grace, along with my daughters, because they helped along the way as well, just celebrated by your grace and might and power. 500 Wednesday nights of preaching on prayer. Just that alone, the devil is mad as he can be. He's beside himself against me and against them. And my children don't realize that the attacks and that they are receiving from their family and their family trying to turn them into woke devils like they are is because you have used them mightily. And as it goes with young people, they don't appreciate what you have done in them in their youth and with their father in the ministry. Until late on down the road, most times some never get to the point of appreciating it, appreciating it, and some don't appreciate it until their father dies, and they re- they finally realize the impact that you had through him. <clears throat> so open the blinded eyes of my children and help them to see the wonderful works that you have led them to do. And help them to stay with that and not be influenced by any one of their siblings or anyone in their family on both sides, on, on the uh, Jamaican side or on the American side. Uh, because these people are full of hell and the devil and the demons of hell. And they are trying to destroy these children who have helped turn the world upside down. I am standing here today. I am standing here today on their shoulders uh, because they have helped me so much in the ministry down through the years. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor. But they have to go through their battles now. Uh, We shall see whether or not their faith was real because it's being tested right now. All of them are being tested and tempted to become Judases like their family members and so many people around them in their fake uh, woke churches and woke pastors and woke pastors' wives who do not respect your holy word. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, blast and cast the devil from them and out of them and protect them from the devil. Place upon us the whole armor of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would pave the way for me to escape this demonic country uh, and go somewhere else 
and to continue to prophesy and to preach and uh, for this country has been ruined because the church has failed you has failed Jesus Christ has failed the Bible has failed the family has failed the school system has failed America and has failed the world we can't blame the wicked sinners we can't blame the homosexuals we can't just blame the woke crowd we have to blame the church first and foremost because we know better and we knew better and so many have been compromised and paid off that they are now Judas's against you and against anybody who stands up for you and so Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, I do pray that you will save those who are lost revive those who are saved heal those who are sick comfort those who are grieving and mourning according to your word and draw them to yourself according to your holy gospel and holy father god i do pray that you will deliver us uh, also from spiritual and mental physical and emotional family financial legal student loan debt student progress problems troubles and difficulties that we're facing pave the way for us and open up doors for us that no man can shut and help us to do your will in this sin-cursed world and Lord God in heaven I still look for your second coming it is my greatest hope and I pray that other believers would look to you as well in the same way thank you Lord God in heaven for remembering mercy and grace and love in the midst of chastisement and rebuke and punishment of such a wicked people in the church and outside of the church in the church drawing some uh, working on your people to repent and get back to you their first love and punishment and uh, trouble designed also to draw people to yourself for the first time in salvation through salvation by believing in Jesus Christ and Holy Father God I pray that you will bless and protect my family and uh, uh, all other Christian families in this audience and around the across the country and around the globe surround us with a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ. Those of us who are saved. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless and protect my children, all of them, all of my offspring, from this untoward generation, the woke generation. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will protect, Lord, my family protect us from ourselves our flesh and the devil and the demons of hell 
and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us the whole armor of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us in the precious blood of Christ and make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. And, uh, Lord, uh, help us today. And not only now, but later on this evening. And until I die, help us, Lord, to glorify your holy name. And uh, to lift up and glorify your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of your goodness and your grace, Lord, uh, you know how you get to me. And my heart is so filled with your joy and your peace in spite of the satanic attacks against me from my own family. And uh, I wear it as a badge of honor, though. I, I would not, I cannot imagine uh, anything better than this, than to have my own family to hate me and to stand against me and to try to even use my precious children against me. And that goes for my mother, that goes for my mother-in-law, uh, my sisters, and even cousins, and uh, my wife's sisters, I mean siblings, and uh, her aunts. And I pray that Lord, your Holy Ghost, would not give them rest and leave off conviction of them until they come to know your Savior. For that is the only way they will cease persecuting a man who has preached your gospel and your holy word every day, nearly every day, for seven years and predicted the mess that we're in today and has not only rebuked them for their evil but has rebuked pastors who are more influential and more powerful than they'll ever be for their evil and their sin against you. So, I give you the glory, praise, and honor. Help me to preach. Help me to read your holy word, to pray, to teach your holy word, and to preach your holy word, and to preach your holy gospel, that others may come to know your Savior in Jesus Christ, holy name I pray and for his sake. Amen. The Lord is so good to me. Only if you're saved and called by God to do this will you know the joy and the peace that God gives you while you are serving Him with great opposition against you. There's a great joy and a great pleasure in it. And God has been very good to me, so. These are tears of joy. And I mean that. Tears of joy.
I used to hear growing up, my cup runneth over. I hope your cup is running over. I hope your cup is running over. About three inches. That's good. That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God the Holy Bible. And Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 1 through 10. Cast thy bread upon the waters. For thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her, of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall for the for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, 
and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for your holy word. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, so much for that Sunday prayer. And Lord, uh, I don't know why it is, but it seems like the service uh, on Sunday morning or early afternoon is even more special than the services at other times. I don't know. I don't understand it. Maybe it's because I might be more energetic. I don't know. But I thank you so much for the prayer that you gave me to pray this morning. And Lord, the prayer itself might be even uh, more powerful than the message will be today. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it means a lot uh, to have your grace and your strength and your unction, your leadership, and uh, uh, your blessings. And I thank you, Lord, for preparing my heart. If I have to go, I do thank you that my wife is here with me and supporting me in the ministry, even against her own family. Uh, and if I have to go it alone, uh, Lord, the rest of the way, I'm prepared to do that. And you have prepared me to do that with great joy. Because I know that I left it on the field for all of my children. <coughs> setting them up magnificently to be successful in life. And they have been at a young age. What they have touched, they have, uh, they have been successful at it. And I believe all of them will continue to do that because of you. Because you saved my soul and you gave me the right thinking. And you filled my heart with your holy word and I filled their hearts with your holy word in prayer. And, uh, and uh, they're being tested right now. And it's up to them whether or not they're going to believe your holy word and serve you or they're going to turn their back on you. And so I thank you for that. I thank you also that, uh, Lord, you have blessed me to leave it all on the field ministry-wise, preaching nearly every day for seven years almost. Uh, I've done what you have told me to do, and I thank you for giving me the mind to do it. And I thank you for the fact that it has made a difference in the lives of some. And that many souls have been saved. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor. And I pray that you'll lead me, guide me, and direct me to the Isle of Patmos. Uh, because uh, there's no doubt there are people trying to kill me here. And people uh, who would like to see me jailed for no reason. <coughs> so... Let your will be done, and uh, 
And I pray that your holy name will be glorified and Jesus Christ will be exalted. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for a shake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead family members. Uh, this is Daniel White the third, the son of a proud preacher father who never thought in a million years that his son would be preaching for 40, over 43 years, going on 44 in a few days, almost half uh, a century. And that's a fact. That's a miracle to my dad, I tell you that. And I'm, I know he's rejoicing in, in heaven at the work his son is doing. And, uh, and I was the worst son ever. I, I am the black sheep of the family. This is the reason why my, everybody else in my family uh, should have been ecstatic that I got saved. Because I was running hard for the devil. Uh, in the world, very hard. And so it is a miracle that I'm saved, and it's a double miracle that I'm up here preaching the gospel after 43 years, and almost uh, seven years every day. Daniel White Jr., who's in heaven, who used to watch, to me, the most boring preacher, speaker in the history of the world, Billy Graham, uh, and he tried to get me to listen, tried to get everybody else, and he was the only one in there listening. When he cut the TV on Billy Graham, everybody escaped. Do you hear me? Everybody went to their own place, to their own room. We never sat down and watched Billy Graham. I thought, uh, I, I thought he was the most boring man ever in the history of the world. But my dad would sit there with his lonely dawn cookies or some other snack, and he'd just sit there and listen. He loved it. And I believe he got saved through the preaching of Billy Graham because his life changed. His life changed. And the most, most, the most loving man I've ever seen, the most loving man I've ever met, even to a fault, because he never, he never had his father. And so he was never taught that sometimes love must be tough. My dad should have been more tough with me. That's a fact. And he should have been more tough with my mother. And he should have been more tough with my sisters and my brother too. You know why? He was a pastor, preacher, well known on TV and bishop. But all four of his children got pregnant or got somebody. Uh, let, me, let me fix this now. The two boys got somebody pregnant before marriage. 
the two girls got pregnant before marriage, and I believe there's and, and I know for a fact there are some abortions up in there too. So preach, you are not to say that. I know that they're embarrassed. They should not be embarrassed if they're saved. See, that's what's wrong with the church today. We want to act like we're all angels and all of that. And, 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 and most of the people in the church, including the pastors and the pastor's wife, is a devil. Devilish. Let me put it that way. Okay, that's the reality. That's why the government does not respect the church today. That's why other organizations that depended upon the church to help create some kind of sanity in our society, they have no respect for the church today. And yet pastors still want to get paid and still want to be seen as somebody important. And they end up being used by lying politicians until they get elected, making them look very, very foolish. Yes, I am the president of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 1023. Now, here's what you need to understand about God. Now, my father never thought I would ever amount to anything, much less be a preacher who has preached the gospel around the world to thousands upon thousands, now millions of people. So, uh, never underestimate, never underestimate what God can do with somebody's life and how God can change somebody's life. 1,000, number 1,023, where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source, such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary, and or the Matthew Henry commentary. This podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Therefore, the aim of this podcast, my dear friends, is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God to come. Are you saved from the wrath of God to come? Are you saved from the eternal burning hell? And see, I get right down to the point of why you're getting saved. You're getting saved from hell so that you can be a part of the uh, great uh, time in heaven that we're going to have. And uh, the great reset, if you will. Uh, and, and, and God is going to make everything anew. And he wants you to be a part of that. If you don't want to be a part of that and you love your wicked sins more than you love God and Jesus, you love darkness rather than light. 
Have you ever been to a club that was lit up? That would scare the daylights out of the sinners coming in through the door. They don't want to go to a club where everybody uh, can be seen dancing and, 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 and clowning and everything else. That's why every club you go to, I don't care where you go to a club at, it's dark. It may have a little stroll light or something, disco light or something like that right there, but that's pretty much it. All the clubs I have been to, they were dark, even the NCO club in the Air Force. Dark. I mean, and sad to say, the NCO club was darker than the clubs I, uh, I used to go to in high school. Why? Because people love darkness rather than light. When, when we do evil, we want to do it in the black and dark night where people don't see us. Those who creep, they creep at night. They don't creep in the daytime for the most part. <coughs> oh, you don't know what creep is. Creep is uh, committing adultery. Okay. So, dear friend, Jesus Christ said, people who love darkness rather than light. There are people who love darkness rather than light. Because they're uh, the evil, their sins are evil. And, uh, and you need to understand that, you're, uh, that you are a sinner as well. For the Bible says, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have done evil. We all have broken the laws of God, haven't we? Let that sink in. No matter how pretty you are, you are a wicked, evil sinner. In fact, you're depraved. Every last one of us is depraved. The, the sin never ends, does it? See, see, the reason why God has to intervene oftentimes is because we are sin manufacturers. We, we manufacture sin. Not only do we commit sins, we try to double down and create sins from the sins that we are committing to the point of abominations in God's sight. Downright depravity and nastiness. Man with a man, woman with a woman taking your girlfriend's, your best girlfriend's husband and having sex with him, taking your best friend's wife and having sex with her, and all kinds of evil and wickedness and depravity. The Pope is a sinner and depraved. The Dalai Lama is a sinner and depraved. Even Joel Osteen is a sinner and depraved, and so am I. We all have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of Almighty God. And because of our sins, my friends, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We die. This is a very serious matter. You need to know why you are dying. 
Why people get old and die. It is because of their sin. It's not because of cancer. It's not because of the coronavirus. It is not because of a car crash. It is because of our sin on the inside of us. You don't hear this much today. The truth of the matter is most of the billions of people on this country, uh, on this earth, do not know why they die. That's what I'm telling you now. You die because of sin. You die physically because of sin, where your body goes to a grave. You die spiritually where you experience death throughout eternity in the burning hell. By the way, Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles in the Bible. He preached more on hell, more than his preachers are preaching on hell today. He preached more on hell than he preached about heaven. So you need to learn how to get saved from hell. That brings in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. And, and hell is the reason why the gospel is good news. Because that's where you're going. You're headed towards death. You know that. You don't know what is beyond the grave personally. Other than what the Bible says. The Bible says it is appointed on the men once to die. But after this the judgment. And what comes after the judgment? Well I mean you're going to go to hell immediately. If you're not born again, if you have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you died today and you're not saved by Jesus Christ because you believed in him, you're going straight to hell. But one day a judgment is going to come called the great white throne judgment. And you're going to stand before God and he's going to show you why you went to hell. If Google can keep up where you go, keep up with where you go, God is the creator of Google because God created the men who created Google, okay? So God knows every evil thought, every lustful look, every evil thing you did in the black and dark night or in broad daylight. God's got it all recorded. And he's going to present the evidence against you. So that you will know that your condemnation to hell in the lake of fire is just. You did this against God. You did this against the love of God. You did this against the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ. That's a lot. And so therefore dear friends. You're going to hell. And you're going to spend eternity. In the black and dark fiery hell. Forever. And, and, and there will not be any bars in hell. For you to stop by. You, there's not going to be any partying in hell. You love darkness. Where you went to hellacious clubs. Like I did. 
on and on and some of you are now in your 30s 40s 50s and 60s still trying to go to a club and get your groove on you love darkness rather than light you love darkness rather than going to the house of god where there's light and the son of god who is the light of the world then to hell you will go and you'll be in darkness forever see we play but god does not play god is very 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 Beyond measure loving, but he does not play when it comes down to his laws and his commandments. He will give you, loves you so much, he has given you a way out, a way of escape. But uh, if you don't take that way of escape, woe is you, my friend. And you will go to the burning hell and will be there forever. Makes no difference how educated you are, how beautiful you are, how much money you have. So hell is a real place. Judgment is real. You have to believe all of that because you're going to die because of your sins. You know that you're going to die. You have friends who have died. You have family members who have died. And I don't, it, I don't care who you think you are. Death is a frightening thing. Funerals and all of that, that's not fun stuff, my friend. I don't care how, uh, what kind of philosophy you have. It will shake you to your boots. Death is something. And death is not uh, uh, an extension of life. No, no, no. Death is the end of life here on this beautiful ball called earth that's hanging on nothing but God's word. That alone ought to make you believe in God. The house you live on, the earth you live on is hanging on nothing. No foundation. Out in the middle of space. If that don't make you believe in God, nothing will. Nothing. That's why Jesus told, uh, Abraham rather told the rich man in Luke 16, no, he said, send my, uh, send, send Lazarus down here to give a tip of water, a uh, fingertip of water, and go tell my, uh, 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 he said, if uh, I, you raise me from the dead out of this hell, uh, I'll go tell my brothers to save them from hell, something to that effect. And Abraham, Abraham said, no, even if somebody came back from the dead, they won't believe. Now, buddy, if you, got, you, if you have a brother, uh, or Lazarus, I think, is, is the reference, uh, any human being coming back from the dead to your house to speak to you and you still don't get saved you still want to go to the club hey man I'm glad you're back man Becker come on man let's go down to the club let's get us some some women man I say I'm saying that if you don't believe in God after seeing the earth hanging on nothing from the moon hanging on nothing. 
I don't know what else to tell you. God is the creator of genius. And so he's beyond genius. To even think of something. Just to think up this thing called the world that we live in. Is mind blowing. You'll never figure it out. The earth, the earth twirling around on nothing. There's a God somewhere is my point. And you need to believe in his son Jesus Christ. So if he says, uh, uh, believe on my son Jesus Christ, then you better do that. And if he tells you there's a hell to shun, then you better understand that and believe on his son, Jesus Christ, and get saved from that hell. For Jesus Christ himself said the most loving, most magnificent, most wonderful, and most important words in the history of the world. When he said, for God so loved the world, that includes you. Are you in the world? Then he's talking to you. He's talking about you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That is, he gave up his only begotten son to suffer, to bleed, and to die on the cross for your sins and mine and for the sins of the pope, for the sins of the priests, for the sins of the pastors, before the sins of the Dalai Lama, uh, he died because uh, for the sins of Joel Osteen and everybody else in between. Every last one of us. Makes no difference how great we think we are. The only somebody who is great is God and Jesus Christ. We're not great. We're wicked violators of God's law. Well, I'm, I'm not as bad as you said you were. No, it doesn't make any difference. You're bad. Because you disobey God. Okay? Makes no difference. We all have sinned against God. We don't get any brownie points for being better than somebody else. God does not look at it that way. Your good is never going to outweigh your bad because just one sin is bad and demolishes all your good. Okay? So don't think that way. Well, I'm better than my husband. I'm better than my wife. I'm better than my mother and them. I'm better than my daddy and them. No, you, you, you don't need to be thinking like that. There's no comparison here. Are you better than Jesus? No. He is perfect. He never sinned in word, thought, or deed. He is the God-man. 100% God, 100% man. He walked on the water because he made the water. It's not a big thing to him. He walked through a door uh, without the door opening because he made the door. He made the, the substance that made up the door. So what? What are you talking about? Uh, he was on a boat. The other disciples, even fishermen, were scared. And he told the wind to be quiet and the sea, sit down somewhere because I'm here. He said, peace be still. And the wind obeyed him. See, the winds would scare you and me. 
and the waves would too. But they didn't scare Jesus. Why? Because he made the wind. He made the water. And so he commands them to do what he wants them to do because he is the God-man. He is the Son of God. He broke up funerals. Jesus was never afraid of a funeral like most of us are. When he went and walked by the casket, he just raised the person up from the dead. You just walk by and look and walk. Uh, Jesus was stopping raise him from the dead. He went to the tomb of Lazarus, who had been dead several days, and said, Lazarus, come forth. Because he's God, if he had just said, come forth, everybody in the grave would have come forth. You understand? You understand? That's how powerful. So I think you need to get to know him. I believe with all of my heart you need to get to know him. He's worked miracles for me for 44 years now. Huge miracles, in between miracles and small miracles. He's the miracle working Son of God. He's the miracle working God. You need to get to know Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Should not perish where? I just told you. Perish in hell forever. Always perishing forever and ever and ever. The Bible talks about. Everlasting life. Going to heaven with God. And Jesus Christ as the thief on the cross did. A very bad sinner. Told Jesus Christ. uh, Asked Jesus Christ while he was on the cross. Lord, remember me when thou enterest into thy kingdom. And Jesus, dying on the cross for his sins, said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The first one who went to paradise with Jesus was a thief who did not get baptized. He did not join a church. He did not sing in the choir. He did not shake the preacher's hand. He never received the right hand of fellowship. Uh, He never gave a dime to the church, but he got saved from the cross and went to heaven that day. Glory be to God, and you can get saved today too by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do what Jesus Christ told you to do in your heart. Believe in him, pray and ask him to save your soul, and he will save you. Follow me in the sinner's prayer, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. And he will save your soul. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a wicked sinner, even depraved. And I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my wretched soul. 
Please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose from the dead by your power, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe in you. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. And change my life all the way around. Help me to truly repent of my sins. And help me to uh, follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, you pray that prayer in sincerity according to the Bible, the word of God the words of Jesus Christ, you are now saved from hell and saved to heaven to be with God and Jesus Christ uh, in the future. To help you grow in your newfound faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com. It is our ministry evangelistic website. And... uh, Tap on a book titled, What to Do After I Enter Through the Door. And read that book. It will give you the next steps of what you ought to do as a Christian. To become a good Christian and a good follower, disciple of Christ. (coughs) Pardon me. Also, email us. At the email on your platform or email me uh, directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know that you got saved today so that we can rejoice with you. Also, let us know uh, how we can help you if you have a question or if you need prayer, let us know. And we'll be glad to pray for you until you tell us to stop. At this time, my beloved, we're going to resume our service already in progress. Uh, The standing between the living and the dead service. And and, uh, by the way, I, I found out we're just two days away from service number 900. Service number 900. That indicates we've been going on, uh, going on for nearly three years. This service since the coronavirus plague set in, it is designed to get people who are not saved saved. It is designed to help Christian believers to get through this difficult time, and it is designed to heal families during this difficult time and to remember those who have died because when we started this service the government in power was not remembering the people who were dying by the thousands every day 
not only in our country, but around the world, and, um, and so forth. So, uh, and it's, it's designed for all of that plus. And so today, my dear friends, we are reading Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. Once again, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. That was Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. Now here is the sense of it from the Faith Life Bible Commentary. Pay close attention. Anything that is truly valuable necessitates some form of preparation. And the things of God are no different. God commands that a preparation be made by his people for his kingdom. That preparation is given to us in the word preached both by John and by Jesus. Repent. That's what God wants us to do. The main thing that God wants us to do uh, is get saved by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of you who just got saved, you also repented. They go together. Because we instinctively know because God is holy and Jesus is holy, that if we believe in Jesus Christ, that means repentance. That means turning away from our evil ways and lifestyle. You say, preacher, I, I didn't know that. Yes, you did, because uh, the devil told you, and, and, and others may have told you, and you've told yourself, well, yeah, that, that, I hear the gospel. Uh, that's good and great, but I'm not ready yet because I, I need to clean up my life. I need to clean up my life before I follow Jesus and so forth and so on. And what I tell you is, and others who believe the Bible tell you, you know, the idea is to follow Jesus Christ first and let him help you clean your life up. That's the trick of the devil. I believe many people have gone to hell by believing that lie. That you have to wait and clean up your life before you follow Jesus. You can't do that. Only Jesus can do that. The reason God's people are commanded to repent is because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, we, we, there's some preparation that needs to take place. Meaning the kingdom of heaven is no longer distant or beyond reach. But the kingdom of heaven has come near. So we all need to repent. The kingdom of heaven is presented as something that is extremely valuable and worthy of preparing for. Anytime the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is spoken of, it is talking about the rule of God. The leadership of God over all things. See, and in order to prepare for that, you need to be saved, you need to be born again, following the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you need to be, you need to repent of your old wicked lifestyle, because you won't be participating in God's kingdom if you're still full of hell and the devil and evil. That's not happening. The will of God being the will of God being done. 
as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are questions that God answers in Matthew chapter 3. God teaches about repentance because God wants all people everywhere to repent. Repent of your evil ways. Repent of breaking the Ten Commandments of God. Repent and trust Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, as your Savior, and to be prepared for his coming kingdom. Hear these words from Acts 17, 30, and 31. The times of ignorance have passed. Those days are over. The gospel of Jesus Christ calls for a preparation of repentance today. Okay? I told you. I've been telling you for years. God is very interested in your repenting. And I'm talking right now primarily to Christian people. And I told you when the plague hit, which is a, which is a chastisement of God and Jesus Christ against the church, that is the coronavirus plague, I told you then that most people are not in the mood or the mind to repent. In the church, repent of side pieces, repent of adultery, repent of swinging, repent of fornication, repent of uh, Ashley Madison, repent of homosexuality, and all of the evil that had been going on for years. And God took a whole lot of folks in the church out of here. Because they were giving communion and taking communion unworthily. That's why many pastors died. Many bishops died. Pastors' wives died. Well-known preachers died. They didn't want to die. They were doing quite well. Many of the prosperity gospel preachers have died. Baptist preachers, Methodist preachers died. Male and female because they were given God's communion unworthily. Many Catholic, Catholic bishops and priests died. Because they were giving communion unworthily and taking communion unworthily. Okay. So when John the Baptist came on the scene, he preached repentance. When Jesus Christ started his ministry, he preached repentance, people. See, as I have told you, we are great confessors, but we're not great repentors. You need to repent of your pornography watching. You need to repent of your whoredom and being on OnlyFans shaking your little booty and making money off of lust hounds. Uh, you need to repent of your stealing, of your lying, 
of your hatred, of your racism, of your pride and stubbornness and everything else and and disobedience to your husband wives and wives not loving and husbands not loving your wives. God wants everybody everywhere to repent. Makes no difference who you think you are. We don't care. God does not care about what college you graduated from or what seminary you graduated from. He wants you to make sure you graduate from the University of Repentance. How about that? I mean, seriously, that's what he wants. That's why this constant, uh, uh, continual plague of long continuous and, and then the, the outgrowth of other plagues coming from it, Just from one plague, there are many other plagues, including economic plagues, uh, inflation plagues, health plagues. Because we have not repented. Now this is a little bit extra. What I'm, I'm doing this, this is extra. I normally don't do this. We have never done this before. This is the first time we've ever done this. But I, I, I came across uh, a morning and evening by Dr. Charles Spurgeon that I just wanted to do. And I, I'm just so blessed to be able to do it. It's a passage of scripture that I have preached from many times around the world. In fact, I opened most of my revivals with this passage. Why? To get the people to pray. Because you're not going to have revival of any kind if the people are not praying. By preaching this message on prayer, I found out, not by an intentional survey, I found out that most pastors don't pray. That's what, I mean, they told me this on their own. They came to the altar the first night for not praying. The pastors, they would go get their wife and come to the altar. And they and then when we went to to uh, Golden Corral or one of those places where uh, preachers gather at, it's always a buffet. Never just uh, one meal, one plate. No, it's just a, it's always all you can eat. They would tell me, preacher, that sermon you preached on tonight that was very convicting of me because I don't I don't pray as I should. They honestly told me that. I had another pastor to tell me, he called me to preach a revival meeting, and he told me, he said, Preacher, I don't even know if I, need, I want a revival. I never heard that from any pastor before. Anyway, Luke 18:1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. If men ought always to pray, Spurgeon goes on to say, and not to faint, much more Christian men, Jesus has sent his church into the world on the same errand upon which he himself came, and this mission includes intercession. What if I say that the church is the world's priest? Creation is dumb, but the church is to find a mouth for it. It is the church's high privilege to pray with acceptance. The door of grace is always open for her petitions. 
and they never return empty-handed. The veil was rent for her. The blood was sprinkled upon the altar for her. God constantly invites her to ask what she wills. Will she refuse the privilege which angels might envy her? Is she not the bride of Christ? May she not go in unto her king at every hour? Shall she allow the precious privilege to be unused? The church always has need for prayer. There are always some in her midst who are declining or falling into open sin. There are lambs to be prayed for that they may be carried in Christ's bosom, the strong lest they grow presumptuous, and the weak lest they become despairing, discouraged. If we kept up prayer meetings for and uh, 20 hours in the day, all the days in the year, we might never be without a special subject for supplication. My, my, my. Did you get that? Did you get that? Allow me to share that with you again from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Because he's right about it. He's right. There's always something to pray for. Somebody to pray for. He said, if we kept up prayer meetings four and twenty hours in the day, all the days in the year, we might never be without a special subject for supplication. Are we ever without the sick and the poor, the afflicted and the wavering? Are we ever without those who seek the conversion of relatives, of family members? No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for my relatives to come to know Christ as Savior. The reclaiming of backsliders or the salvation of the depraved, nay, with congregations constantly gathering, with ministers always preaching, with millions of sinners lying dead in trespasses and sins in a country over which the darkness of Romanism is certainly descending in a world full of idols, cruelties, devilries. Go ahead, Spurgeon. If the church doeth not pray, how shall she excuse her base neglect of the commission of her loving Lord? Let the church be constant in supplication. Let every private believer cast his might of prayer into the treasury. Go ahead, Dr. C.H. Virgin. Go ahead. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, thank you, Lord, for leading me to do both uh, devotional sections today. And Lord, what a blessing they are to my heart and my spirit, and I'm sure to many others. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Today, my dear friends, we're back at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Uh, in the family segment, 
in the what I have dubbed the family verses and what I have further dubbed the family commandments in the New Testament. That's right. The commandments are not just in the Old Testament. Commandments are in the New Testament. God speaks. Jesus Christ speaks not in suggestions or giving you a little advice for your life. No, no, no. God speaks in commandments. He tells us what to do. He does not suggest something and hope that you'll take it and work and that it will work. He's not issuing little advice. He's telling you what to do in your family. And some of you people in the American system, you can't stand that because you think your family belongs to you and it doesn't. never has. You think you can do whatever you want to with your family and you can't. God is the creator of marriage and family, not you. And, and we got people in churches all across this country and around the globe who believe that they can do with their marriage what they want to do with it, with it and expect God to bless it. Oh, my wife and I, we have an open marriage. If I want to uh, screw a woman in the church, she, I just let her know and I go and do it. And I let her have sex with somebody else in the church and so forth and so on. And it keeps our marriage exciting. No, it doesn't. It kills your marriage and you're going to get divorced. And both of you are going to hell and your marriage. That's, that's the American way. And what has happened to the evangelical church, the Baptist church, and all the other denominations who are led by the evangelicals. You are led by the evangelicals and you don't even know it. See? Why? Because the evangelicals write the books. They are the intelligentsia. They are the most educated. This is on the Protestant side. And so when you go to the bookstore, they're the ones who own the bookstores. They have the pipes. They have the wires. They have the uh, transportation to get their form of Christianity out to the uh, Protestant world. So if you're uh, in a little town called Podunk, Kansas, with about maybe 900 people, when you go to the big city to go to the Christian bookstore because you want some encouragement, it's going to come from an evangelical who's graduated from one of the best seminaries in the world. And what these evangelicals have become, they have become the Sadducees and the Pharisees of our present day religion and church. Because they, they veer away from, not all, not all, but many of them veer away from the Word of God. They have come, become so smart, they have become stupid, and they write their traditions and what they do. And then, then you read it, and you think it's from the Bible, and you do it. You're reading somebody else's book, and then you, you, bought, you buy into it. That's why so many marriages are shot to hell today. following evangelicals, Pharisees and Sadducees in their books. Because most people think that because it is written in the book is right. 
Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife, see that she reverence her husband. And by the way, your wife will know whether or not your love is fake. See, women have intuition to protect themselves, not to rule over their husbands. They have intuition primarily into men. And because they're the weaker vessel, they have to protect themselves from men, who most of them are dogs in the church and bo peeps. God also puts a natural fear in men to protect women. Okay? And um, so you need to understand that women do have intuition, but it's not for her to rule over the man, but to uh, protect herself if she gets with a man who is maybe not saved or not acting like a saved person uh, from uh, ruining her life. And so many women have had their lives ruined by men. They had a check in their spirit about him, but they, they went past that. They went past God and did what the man wanted to do anyway, and he's gone to the next woman. And and, and you women who are getting pregnant by Nick Cannon, you're crazy, God, that's going to backfire in all y'all's faces. Okay? It's all going to backfire. And then the, then the woman suffers for the rest of her life. She begins to hate everybody, including her own father and everybody else. All men become no good dogs in her because she allowed herself to be used by a no good dog man. Use your intuition that God gave you. It is a discernment that God gave you to protect yourself as the weaker vessel. Women, now if God, once you get married, now once you commit to getting married, you need to respect your husband. That's just not only biblical, that's common sense. Respect, don't do stuff that's going to provoke him. Don't do stuff that's going to show disrespect to him. Period. Don't do it. Because you're going to open your, open your life up to a whole lot of problems. Because see, you may not think that man can punish you. He doesn't have to hit you to punish you. He can punish you in many ways. And if you disrespect him, you're going to receive some punishment. So, uh, it's just not smart. Even lost women knew how, back in the day, to, to, to uh, not submit necessarily, but to respect the man. You just don't do certain things. You got a husband. You don't need to be over in the corner of the church uh, uh, grilling your head off talking to Deacon Bo Peep and laughing and, and gathering with some other women and laughing with him and, 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 and this, that, and the other. And, uh, 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 and every time you go to church, you got to go by and get a hug. Girl, are you crazy? And some of you men let that mess go on and, and it push you out of the church because you're bitter. 
instead of putting a stop to that. Don't let your wife disrespect you like that. Yes, sir, that's what I said. Even if you got to go over and walk over there to Bo Peep and, and your wife talking, okay, you just tell them straight up. Now, my wife is married and uh, whatever y'all are talking about, every Sunday uh, it needs to cease. And then look them in the face and say, I have not always been saved. Okay? And I am a jealous husband, just like God is jealous for you and me and my wife. I'm jealous of her. So I don't want to ever see you you talking with my wife over in the corner or anyplace else for the rest of your life. And say it with a smile. And you take your wife with you. Especially if it's the pastor. You tell him straight up. And that would be the end of that. And if you have to say something the second time outside by the car, his Cadillac or whatever you're driving, you make sure you're alone and you tell him the same thing. And then you take your fist and drive it through his driver's side mirror. That'll be it. What if he? What if he did? What if he does something? What if he filed charges? He's not going to file anything. Because a man knows when a man is trying to hit on his woman because he's hit on women before himself. And if he married her, you know she's fine, good looking. So if if he finds her good looking, the other men are going to find her good looking too. And that's why you don't need to let your wife work at a job somewhere. And and I hate to say it, especially in the church. I don't care if you like it or not. In this day and time, I told my brother, don't let his wife work at that church. It's popular, you know. The fun church, the cool church, and all of that. And, and, you know, she was willing to serve in the church and all of that. And and uh, his wife was a good-looking woman. And I told him, do not let your wife work at that church. Period. And, uh, and I'm telling you the same thing. Don't let your wife work at the church. Don't let your wife work anywhere. You provide for your family by the help and power of God. And let her stay home. That'll, that'll kill all of that right now. Because, yes, it is how she responds. That's important. But you can eliminate the problem. Because they, they, the devilish men are going to hit on your beautiful wife. They're going to try to hit on your beautiful wife. So. Okay? That's just the way it is. In this society. And you put a stop on it on both ends. You tell her how to respond. You tell her what you want her to do. And she needs to do that. But at the same time. You better put a stop to brother man too. And, and, and most men. Once you put your foot down. And, and let him know what time it is. They're going to leave her alone. Don't worry about it. But men need to have respect. They need to have reverence from their wife. God is wired. God wired the man that way because God is that way. God is not going to let you disrespect him for long. 
That's why we're in this coronavirus plague, uh, a plague of long continuous that's producing plagues, reproducing plagues, having children of, uh, that are plagues. All over the place. There's always something now. See? Why? Because we in the church who say we belong to him, we have disrespected him, marginalized him, trying to embarrass him before the devil in the world, pushing him to the periphery, already knocked him off of the throne of our hearts and lives. Acting, acting like we don't even want to acknowledge him. No, no. See, that's the kind of stuff that will get God upset. And he will lay the boom down on that kind of stuff right there. He lays the boom down on a whole lot of other sins, too. Um, but uh, there's some things that he'll, he'll, he'll give you a little bit more leeway. A little bit more leash. But there's something like that right there. Being ungrateful. Being unthankful, disrespecting him all in his face, that's not going to last long. Not with God. And some of you people need to understand God is God, yes, but you need to understand he, how you feel about stuff. If you're jealous of your wife and of your children, well, he's jealous of his wife and his children. You need to see him like that. I'm not saying you need to see him as a human being, but whatever he made us with, he's got that in him. Now, our, grand, our great-grandmothers, the grandmothers have not taught us this. They're, trying to get, they're still trying to get their groove on at 60 years old. They're trying to be cougars. They're not trying to be grandmothers. You know one of the reasons why, you know reason why I never even thought about or entertained Letting my children go down and stay with their grandmother like we did when we were growing up. It's because my mother, the truth of the matter is she was not interested in having uh, grandchildren staying with her and watching over them and so forth. I, I was not going to put my children in that. And nor did my mother's mother want to be bothered with her grandchildren. She had an opportunity. She, she refused to do so. You know why? They're trying to get their groove on and trying to hook up with another man and all this kind of thing. See, I didn't do that. I didn't put my children in that. And they have been left to themselves doing the same or worse ungodly things that we did when our, our parents took us down south. All of us black folk know that. If you come from the north, we're going to take you down south. We're going to get a break from you for three months. And you're going to stay with your grandmother and them, your great-grandmother and them. While we get our things together and do some things and so forth and so on. Oh yeah, that was the thing. We're going to take you back down south. And I, I, I remember when I was living in North Carolina growing up, there was a young man who came down from New York, down south, to see family. Every summer. And he was a terror. Every summer. Got into more mess. And we did too. The summers they would take us down to Florida. Now, oh, did we have fun? Yes, but it was evil fun. I remember one summer. I remember one summer. 
the song that was popular this particular summer, I can't remember the year. Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. I think that's always ready. That's that that was the song. See, we got you know we got songs that uh, coincide with our experience. That's the power of songs. That's that was a song for that summer. I remember it. We teenagers underage got some Boone's Farm, got some uh, cigarettes, no parents around, no grandparents really paying attention. I mean, you know, my great grandmother, she was blind, and so she, but she could see you doing your evil. Now she was there, but you know, we could out maneuver her and be dancing on the bed, drinking. And smoking, underage, smoking cigarettes, uh, and, and doing some other things, and that was pretty much the limit of, uh, of that back then. We could have died. Places we went, things we did, no parents around. And and today, uh, uh, I God God did. Uh, let me let me just tell you this. God did not lead me not one year, not one summer. To take my children down home and stay, you know, go play with their cousins and, and see the, stay with the grandmother. Because I knew she wasn't going to be there. My mother was not going to be there. And my wife's mother was not going to be there. Not, they were not even in the mind to think about that. To be the traditional grandmother watching over the children and so forth and so on. I'm not saying that they are evil. I'm just saying that, that that's not what they were thinking about. They, they're thinking about getting their groove on. So husbands, love your wives. That is a commandment, husbands. And the only kind of love there is, is God's kind of love. And God's kind of love can be tough sometimes. That's right. And sometimes, sir, if you got a bad wife, you got to be tough for that marriage to work. If you got a good wife, a virtuous woman wife, who you don't have to tell her anything, she does everything on her own, and makes the household peaceful and quiet and loves on her husband and, and is willing to do whatever it takes to please him. By the way, men, there's two things that men need. According to the Bible, they need respect and they need some help. Do you hear me? One of the greatest blessings in life is to have some help. See, and uh, I thank God that my wife and I have been married going uh, 34 years, it'll be this year, 34, 35 years, in a few days. I thank God for that. Now, has my wife been the naturally great, good wife and mother? Nope. But see, I'm the kind of man, because I, I remember one of the reasons why I married you is to be a help, help meet. The Bible calls her a help meet, that is, a help meet for you. And there's a lot of things that I expect her to do and I make sure she does. She may not do them on her own, she may not do them naturally, may not even think about some things, like yesterday morning. I want her to clean the house from the back to the front, and I told her to do so. To deal with everything. 
I want it neat and clean in here. And, and that's what she did. That's help. As I stand here and preach for two or three hours, she, uh, and when we go to the bedroom, uh, she rubs my legs down. Every night, she puts creams and things on my legs. Every night. Sometimes we may fall asleep, and then I'll, I'll get up to go to the bathroom or whatever, and I'll wake her up to, you forgot to do my legs. And she'll get up and do my legs. That's help. That's what help me ought to do. See, a man needs respect and help. He doesn't, need, he doesn't really need too much love. That's good, too. He needs sex as well. You can help her. You can, she can help you in that area. Whenever it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to have sex anytime you want it. That's a benefit of marriage, man. It's not uh, just when she wants it, which may be six months from now. Most of these refrigerator Calvinator wives out here today, they can hold out on you for a long time, son. You better take control over that. And every time you get the urge, I, don't, I can't explain the urge. But God has put something in a man to have an urge for that. Comes at certain times. And so whenever you get that urge, she needs to be available. She's a help me to you to take care of that. Well, you don't have to go out here and pay money like some of you preachers and some of you people. You paying your wife like she's a prostitute by washing her clothes and paying her rent, washing the dishes. You got an apron on, cooking her food. You got to be kidding me. Listen, you are not, you, you're not even, if there is a game, you're not even playing the game right. You don't pay for nothing, man. I ain't never paid for no sex, man. From a woman that I'm involved with. I never buy nothing. I make sure I don't do that. I'm not doing anything. I've never done anything with my wife to try to get her to have sex with me. All of this buttering up foolishness that these sweet evangelical people have taught you. That is not going to get her to make her do what she needs to do. You're bribing your wife. You got to do eight things before she even lie down with you. Uh, nope. She doesn't, listen to me. Your wife does not even want that. She does not want a relationship like that. That, that, that kills it. That kills it. She wants you to know that you got it. You can have it. Because I'm your woman. You don't have to be buying me nothing. J-Lo tried to tell y'all that. You can't buy my love. I got my own. You know, I don't need your money, man. You can't. You can't buy my love. When she was a little girl, she told you that. Stop it. You don't have to take her out on a date to get sex. You don't have to get her a babysitter to get her a break from her children. No, no, no. She understands that she ought to take care of your needs and take care of your children. She she knows that. You may need to enforce it, but she already knows that. But here's the thing. With most women, as an old white lady told me, Mrs. Steve Nutt, she told me this. 
you give them the reins and the control over the relationship, you're not going to get the reins back, Jack. And, 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 and it's the nature, the sinful nature of women to try to take control over the man and dominate the man when the Bible says her desire will be to you. Okay, so husbands love your wives the God kind of way. Just like God loves you. Same way God loves you, you love your wife. And you can only do that with Jesus Christ in your heart. You can't do this in the flesh. Wives, reverence your husbands. Respect your husbands. Honor your husbands. Respect them how you address them, not only in front of other people, but in private as well. Because nothing will get a man's goat if you like disrespecting him, or addressing him in, in a dis- disrespectful uh, uh, way. All right. Let's pray for other families and let's pray for other people. And let's close. And Lord willing, by the grace of God, if God gives me the grace and strength, I'll be back a little later. I'll be back. Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you, Lord, for this extra long service because I did two different powerful devotional things. Thank you for revealing those things to me. And thank you, Lord, for access to those things. And... uh, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of lost families so that they will learn to obey your holy word in their marriages and in their families. And Holy Father God, I pray for those families that do know you as Savior, that you will heal them based upon your your holy word. I pray for all of us who name the name of Christ. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins and help us to repent of our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins and help us uh, to repent of not obeying your great commission. And uh, Lord, help us to repent of not obeying your great commandment. And Holy Father, God, I pray now, yes, for the millions of people who are hurting today because of our own sins, failures, and faults, uh, because of the coronavirus plague. Uh, Lord, I pray not only for the millions, that you would comfort them and draw them to yourself uh, for salvation, but Lord, I pray for the few by name, as we have now for almost 900 services uh, in a couple of days, I believe it will be Tuesday, we will uh, celebrate 900 of these standing between the living and the dead services uh, that have been heard by thousands, and we thank you so much for what you have done through your word and through emphasizing the power of having a devotional service in the home every day. 
Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with many private devotional services down through the years. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for giving me the privilege to remind people who name the name of Christ to do this. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray for the family and friends of South Carolina resident Janice Brock. I pray for the family and friends of Florida resident DeAnthony Dorsey. I pray for the family and friends of Oklahoma resident Natalie Smith. And I pray that you'll comfort all of the family members that have experienced this death in the family from the coronavirus plague in the thousands and in the millions. Comfort them as only you can. Draw them to yourself for salvation and have that good thing to come to pass for them out of this painful experience. And Lord, we pray for uh, all of the prayer requests that have come in. Uh, thank you, Lord, for Daniqua, Daniel Ezekiel, and Danielle uh, helping me to put these things together for the good of others and for your glory, praise, and honor to advance your kingdom. Uh, on the earth. And Lord, we pray now for Marie Grace. Please keep her safe, secure, and protected from bad people and gang associates. Stop these people from walking on her property and deliver her from them. Please bless her with a safe place to live. We pray for Pastor Bushibi. We thank you, Lord, together for the services at the K-Town that I have a difficult time pronouncing and for the soul saved at sister josephine's funeral please comfort her children please have the gospel to pierce through and to uh, get to the hearts of people so that they can become uh, they can come to know your savior we pray against the enemies and their secrets and make known the truth to set god's people free Please heal Dora's knees. Please deliver Africa from drought, famine, and starvation. And help them through these trying economic times. Provide them with Bibles for new souls, basic needs for orphans and widows, food and water, church planting and construction, and financial resources for ministry. Please provide them with electricity, vehicle insurance, covers, etc., for the ministry office so they can keep up your work. Please bless the National Women and Youth Conference, December the 7th through the 10th, 14th through the 17th. Please supply the money for school fees and for the orphans. We pray for Sheila. Please be with her and bless her and save her. We also pray for the people who have gotten saved. Uh, through the preaching of the gospel, through this ministry. Uh, we pray, Lord, uh, that they would grow in the faith and stand strong in the faith. We pray for the thousands who have gotten saved, not only, just, uh, not only the few that we have before us. We pray for Thomas. We pray for Keith. We pray for Kerry. We pray for Cairo. We pray for Jephet. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. And not only these few, but those who, uh, thousands of others who have done the same, who have heard the preaching of your word, came on the conviction. They were already saved, but they needed to come back to you. Thank you for drawing them 
to yourself when uh, in reality, Lord, we had nothing to do with it but to just stand here and preach. We pray for Dada, we pray for Ebenezer, we pray for Joseph, Tracy, and Travis. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, thank you for being with us. Today has been a joy and a great ride. And I give God all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. Some of you may be saying, oh, me, instead of amen, but that's all right. You can get to amen if you want to, if you trust Christ as Savior and cut out your wicked sin and foolishness and repent. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to repent, not only uh, so that you can enjoy his kingdom. He wants you to repent because it'd be, it's for your own good. You, you must understand that. God is not trying to steal anybody's fun. He's trying to help you get to the point where you can have the greatest fun ever and have precious memories to boot. And the only way you can do that is to trust Christ as Savior, which includes repenting of your sins. All of your dirty, dark sins make you miserable, depressed, sad, defeated, disgusted, angry at other people, blaming other people, and everything else. And you become a victim. That's what, that's what the woke community is about. Becoming victims. They're depressed. They're defeated. And they're mad as the devil. And trying to prove a point that is un, it's not even provable. So you need to turn to God. Turn to Jesus Christ. The light of the world. Get the light back into your soul. Repent of your sins. Stop your evil fornication. Your evil adultery. Your evil homosexuality. Your evil lesbianism. Whatever you're doing wrong. Repent. Especially you who name the name of Christ. Repent. Stop it. Disrespecting. Dishonoring your parents. Being hateful. Being a racist. Whatever the sin is. Repent. And enjoy the kingdom of God. So my dear friends. If the Lord tarries is coming. And we live. I'll be back shortly. By the grace of God. Uh, at least by 7 o'clock. And uh, if the Lord tarries is coming. And we live. And uh, so until then. Pray without ceasing. Read the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. And remember what the Marines say. Simplify. Always faithful. And remember what the Air Force fellows say. Semper Supra. Always above. Always above. Keep your heart and mind and your prayers toward God Almighty and give Him all the glory, the praise, and the honor. Just like all the Christian sports figures. When they do something good, always above. They put their finger over there. You know what they're doing? They're pointing back to God. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this talent, this gift, this ability. Pray without ceasing is one of the best ways to keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. One of the best ways to keep you from falling down into the sloth of despond. 
that the Pilgrim's Press refers to, or depression. Pray without ceasing. Keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. Stop depending upon people and their foolishness and depend upon God and be a blessing to people. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as the music plays.